The world's wind industry is gathering in Melbourne this August. Join them at the APAC Summit to discuss collaboration, market building and solving supply chain challenges in the expanding APAC market. Buy tickets at apacsummit2023.com.au Hello listeners, my name is Stuart Mullen, I'm the Chief Operating Officer of the Global Wind Energy Council and this is yet another in the series of the APAC Offshore Wind and Green Hydrogen Summit which is going to be in Melbourne, Australia from the 29th to the 31st of August 2023. And as part of our series series for the conference, we are reaching out to companies that will be present there. And I'm very pleased to have today's guest, Carlos Martin, the CEO of Bluefloat. Welcome, Carlos. Thank you very much, Stuart. It's great being here. And I believe that you are actually in Australia at the moment as we speak. Exactly. I'm calling from uh, from Sydney. Uh, I've been travelling around the country the last couple of weeks. And prior to that, I've been to New Zealand. Fantastic. And so as people who have been following this series would know, this is very much an APAC conference that happens to be in Australia in year one. And even though some of the conference programs will touch on Australia, which we can get into a little bit later about what Blue Float's footprint is in Australia, I'd like maybe you could explain to our listeners a little bit about Blue Float and what is your APAC interest? Mm-hmm. So Blue Float Energy is um, a dedicated offshore wind developer. Um, which was set global from the outset, and we had APAC in our um, objectives uh, from from day one. Um, we've been expanding quite rapidly over time. We are currently present in ten different markets with a global team as well, more than twenty nationalities in our team uh, today. And um, uh, we we confirm over time that APAC is a region with a very strong potential, and which is actually growing very fast in offshore wind. Fantastic. And so the, the markets that you're most interested in in the APAC area? Yeah, so we are currently present in four markets in this region. Um, we are developing what we, we hope will be the first floating project in Taiwan. Um, we have entered the um, the Filipino market with four projects, totaling more than seven gigawatts of potential total capacity. Um, we have also been very active in Australia for the last almost three years with four projects being proposed and being tendered um, in Gippsland, Hunter, um, in the Yawar region and in the area around Portland. The names of these projects are uh, Greater Gippsland, uh, Eastern Rise, um, Southern Winds and South Pacific respectively. And of course, we also present in, in New Zealand with top projects on the development there uh, in South Taranaki and Waikato. Yeah, it's funny when you go out to the APAC region that there's always a blue float representative not too far away. It, it seems like I was in New Zealand earlier this year and there was a strong representation of blue float at the Taranaki uh, show, which is fantastic. And you guys are going to be present here in uh, the Australian conference again. So it's fantastic to see uh, you guys out and about. I'd like to speak of maybe a little bit about the Philippines uh, as a market. It seems that you can you elaborate a little bit more about your Philippines project? Uh, Philippines is a very good example of how uh, offshore wind could help transforming a, a country and an economy. We are um, strong in our belief that it would play a critical role in the future energy mix in the country. 
It's a country which is growing very fast, almost 10% per year economically, and it has committed to not to install any new coal generation capacity. Uh, gas being challenging and expensive and with limited resources in the country, uh, renewables in general is the uh, set of technologies of choice, uh, but with some limitation in terms of the use of the, of the space inland, we strongly believe that the country uh, can benefit very significantly from its very strong offshore wind resource. And that's why we have been active in the market by proposing new areas for development in different parts of the country that could uh, significantly help um, fueling this very strong economic growth that is expected for the next few years. So as a developer, you guys have been, well, you've clearly, as you just articulated, these emerging markets, or maybe even next-gen markets, you know, the ones that have got a, a longer uh, pipeline, you guys are really putting a lot of effort into developing these. What is it that you look for in these markets that make them attractive to Blue Float Energy? And what do you see as some of the challenges that these markets need to f overcome before they actually materialise? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right that one of our key objectives from the outset was to expand the footprint of offshore wind globally, either by going into deeper waters with floating wind, where we are um, specialists in uh, existing markets, or by entering new um, markets where offshore wind can play a critical role in the future. And that's the case of uh, all these markets in the in the region. Um, um, and, and we're very happy about how the, the market evolution goes. Um, it's important to highlight that there is a mix of different markets. We have mature markets like Taiwan, who has been leading the way in, in APAC uh, in terms of deploying of new capacity, and it's been the first country to deploy commercial scale projects in the region, um, with new markets like the Philippines or, or New Zealand, and markets like Australia, who are on the way to uh, quit, uh, actually quite fast to implement first offshore wind projects. So, um, it's interesting to see that in all cases, uh, the development is proving very fast. Um, and I think um, there is very strong potential for collaboration regionally. Uh, first, in, in, in terms of sharing experiences, regulation, practices, and so on and so forth to help offshore materializing. And then in terms of creating a regional uh, supply chain that can benefit from the critical skills that you can find in all these four different markets. So it's, it's very exciting times and I great, I'm glad that this uh, conference is happening now and it's happening with this focus on the region as a whole to make sure that this collaboration can be fostered in as part of the conference. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the supply chain. I think that at the Global Wind Energy Council in our last Global Wind Report, we saw supply chain has been a key challenge for all markets and we our market intel team did a supply chain analysis which looked at just nacelles for offshore wind and in the APAC area by the time we get to 2025-2026 there, there seems to be like a real lack of capacity or a potential lack of capacity and as we start to build out these new markets and all of these new markets are you know, looking for supply chain I guess there's both opportunities and challenges there opportunities in that some that, that there is not more capacity needed in the region but there's also challenges I guess markets need to look at what they're best at and how can we actually solve these on a regional basis rather than taking a, a too much of a parochial approach to local content or for 
that type of uh, yeah absolutely so that's um, an issue we have been discussing extensively in these last couple of weeks in New Zealand and Australia and previously I was in May in Taiwan and Philippines and the same topic arises um, um, in, in, in many meetings um, the reality is that today uh, with the existing fabrication capacity in these markets it will not be possible to um, fabricate and install all the capacity which is needed um, and the consequence of that is that we need to develop new offshore wind fabrication capacity in the region. Um, now, that, that's that's an amazing opportunity for the local economies because there's so much to be built that um, the potential for job creation, investment and value creation is, is just huge. Now, it's not going to be easy and um, there's, there's several key factors to ensure this happens um, on time. Um, for for all these developments, the first thing is that we governments need to pro to provide visibility about when these projects will happen, because um, uh, the supply chain is ready for making investments and train people, but they need time for doing that, and they, they need certainty to to justify those investments. So that certainty and predictability, I think, is paramount. The other factor is um, uh, ambition. The more capacity we plan for, the more projects are developed, the more investments will come. Uh, and not just in one go over the course of um, the next decade and the following decade. This is a long term industry. We want to make a sustainable industry that is not just made of a few projects, but it's made of a continuous continuous flows of, sure. of projects. Um, and lastly, um, more than um, mandates, I think what is needed is regional collaboration. Um, by ensuring that each country can maximize the potential from the skills they are particularly strong in, um, all the countries will benefit and will make sure that they specialize on those aspects which uh, they are particularly strong in. So you mentioned about the target aspect and it's clear that in a new market, let's take the Australian context, where the federal government hasn't come out with any specific targets. It has a decarbonisation target or decarbonisation goal. It has announced zones for, for offshore wind and it has announced that the fact that it's going to create or run feasibility uh, tenders, feasibility licence tenders in all of those zones at some point in time. And Victoria, I believe, is the only state in Australia at the moment that currently has published targets. And how does that make you guys feel? I mean, do you really need the federal government to come out and say that it's this amount of volume? Do you need other states' governments to chip in and say, we want this by this, so you actually start to build up a market uh, position? Well, what's really important from a, in terms of clear signals, if you were speaking to Chris Bowen or uh, Lily D'Ambrosio or any of the other ministers in Australia, what would you like to say to them in terms of the target question? Actually, when when we talk to them, because we're actually in contact with um, most of the decision makers in the in the region, that is that is is one of the messages we are passing to them is the importance of um, setting um, targets in different time horizons, uh, so that there's a guidance uh, on how big this industry could be, and that I think is very important to justify investments. Um, and it's not just applicable to Australia. I think the same is applicable to to the all the other markets. Um, the the second important message we pass is that um, um, in Australia specifically, um, I think it's very good that the the, con the 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 government has been implementing its commitments on time 
yep. as planned, which is probably uh, quite exceptional, but I think it's very good and it provides a lot of comfort to, to developers. But not the, the, the pieces of the puzzle uh, are not complete. And one of the key pieces missing to, still today is a clear route to market for the power. So defining what will be the mechanism, at least for the first um, uh, uh, time target uh, for 2030, roughly speaking, will be very useful and will probably uh, attract even more investment in the country. The same logic will be applicable to every every other market in the region. And do you see, from your vast experience, do you see where there are other markets in the world that have done this well, uh, or that mm-hmm. uh, that you would put up as a best case or best practice case for for other governments to follow? Yeah. So. Um, it's difficult to select one single geography because there's many markets that have been successful in deploying sure. offshore wind that have done many good things and no market is exempt of some um, level of potentially yeah. improvement potential so to say um but having said that i think we um in our case we see the uk as a, a very good example not to say that other markets are not also um potentials potential good case studies but the uk has been able to deploy um more capacity than than anybody else in outside china so far um it has done so by providing a clear um uh, a clear regulation um, reliable and uh, significant predictability on the different rounds both of leases and of um, cfd tenders um so all that i think has been uh, very positive. They've been quite proactive in defining the need of developing of floating wind capacity as part of the of the of the energy mix as well. And it is also quite effective in terms of um, uh, not imposing uh, 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 local uh, supply chain conditions, encouraging it uh, both in terms of uh, providing visibility to the long term objectives and in terms of um, supporting the investment in the country. So all those are, I think, good learning points for any other market that wants to develop this uh, technology effectively. Thanks very much for that. And we are just about out of time. But before we go, I'd like to ask you if Blue Float Energy has or could work out a one particular particular outcome of this conference. What what would what is most important for Blue Float Energy in the APAC offshore wind space at the moment? So, some announcements regarding these targets and these um, offtake mechanisms will be very much appreciated. I think it's a good timing for that. Um, But beyond that, I think uh, it's a perfect opportunity, given the relevance of the conference. The the organizer, GWEC, is is the clear global reference in, in, in the wind area. And the presence from very different markets, I think it's a very good opportunity for regional collaboration at all levels from developers, uh, governments and supply chain. I think exchanging good practices, exchanging objectives, um, understanding complementarities of um, skills, of infrastructure and so on and so forth would be extremely useful. And if out of this um, conference we can uh, get out with some uh, recurrent um, um, meetings among the different countries in all these levels. I think that will be 
are very um, good achievements. Well, let's hope that we can live up to that uh, expectation and let's hope that there's uh, something here for this. And also, we're looking to take this this conference to Korea in its second year. So I guess that uh, and there's going to be a, a whole lot of opportunity to have these conversations on an ongoing basis year on year. But I'd like to thank you for your time today, Carlos, and uh, I wish Blue Float Energy the best of luck at the conference and we can't wait to see your team down there. Looking forward to having a fantastic conference and I encourage everybody to come and meet our dream team. Uh, we'll have people coming from uh, from these four countries, Taiwan, Philippines, New Zealand and Australia, and they will be very happy to meet all of you. Thank you very much. Thank you.